Hello and welcome to the Bulletin and Beyond. My name's Kimberly Price and this is our editor Greg Best and we're going to talk through the Facebook ban that came into action uh, on Thursday morning. So I guess to start off, Bestie, how did it all come about for our little paper? It's uh, a big paper. It's been a big week, Kim, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has been coming for a while, I guess. Um, there's obviously, it's, it's, it's been brewing um, with um, the federal government, I guess, taking up the cause of uh, um, mainstream media um, that has lost considerable revenue through uh, to Google, Facebook, um, and under the proposed new uh, media code, um, the government wanted Facebook and Google um, to be paying for local news um, that's provided obviously by um, organisations like the Standard through Australian Community Media and, and other um, mm-hmm. groups and um, Facebook was not very happy with that suggestion so they've taken their bat and ball and gone home is a fair way to describe it and obviously <laughs> um, we no longer have access to or we, we can no longer promote um, our content um, through Facebook our Facebook groups that we'd set up for our loyal subscribers um, uh, we're not having much luck with those either at this point in mm-hmm. time. So, um, yes, bit of a uh, bit of an issue in terms of getting some of that content out there. But um, yes. So, move like moving forward, looking to the future of of news and the standard. What does it mean for us? And and you know, where can people find our content the most easy, like in the easiest way? So, so our content is still there, and that's mm-hmm. that's one thing people may may be thinking that it's not. Our content is still out there, obviously available through our website. Um, through Twitter, link, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and of course we have a suite of uh, newsletters um, that are available for subscribers and non-subscribers, uh, which you know we, you know we do breaking news emails every day. Um, you know there's a nightly email send um, that has you know our top stories of the day. Um, you know the sports emails. There's a lot of those ways of getting it. So there's still plenty of ways of getting it. And you know going forward, we'll obviously be looking at other ways to. To, to get our content out there and to market our content, but um, you know, the, the clearly the best way is by being a subscriber, you'll get access to it all, and it's all there, so um, in the one place. I'm here with one of our journalists, Monique Patterson, to talk us through the lockdown restrictions that came into force about a week ago. So, Monique, let's wind back the clock a bit to this time last week, Friday last week. Dan Andrews made an announcement for the whole state of Victoria. Can you talk us through the snap lockdown measures? Yeah, well, um, I guess first of all, um, it was probably a similar situation in workplaces and homes across the regional Victoria. Everyone was talking about this rumoured lockdown. Mm -hmm. So many people just thought, well, regional Victoria won't be included. So there was a real shock when it was statewide. Um, It meant that so many people had to really think about what was going to happen for the weekend Mm. it was coming to the end of the school day i think it was about lunchtime yeah so schools had to quickly think well what are we going to do are we going to return to remote learning a number of schools decided just to give students three days off which some parents were not too happy about Lucky that. Lucky kids, though. <laughs> My son loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's fine with me. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, granted some people, especially with kids in high school, said that it's another disruption to their education yeah. and they were pretty disappointed by that. Um, what it also meant was there were a number of couples in the southwest who were due to be married mm. on the weekend. Um, we've spoken to, I think, three or four couples that 
they were blown away by the community members who just said, okay, let's have the wedding tonight. (laughs) So literally had like two hours to organise their wedding um, and just said that it made it even more special in the end. Um, It was a much stricter lockdown this time than Mm -hmm. it has been in the past and some industries didn't even realise that for some time. For example, the construction industry, um, as you're probably all aware, we've been reporting how there's a housing boom in the southwest. Yeah. So many new homes being built. Um, the construction industry wasn't allowed to work. They had to put tools down. Mm-hmm. And this actually meant that people that were meant to get the keys to the new houses last week, it got delayed. Yes. And so that was pretty disappointing for some new Definitely. homeowners and um sort of just pushed back a a number of projects, which was pretty disappointing. Um, Luckily, we are out of the lockdown, which is good, and a lot of uh, sighs of relief from a lot of people. Um, It did have uh, impacts on the tourism industry. Mm -hmm. Um, They have, you know, expressed frustration at the lockdowns that happened with little notice mm-hmm. and they just had another round of cancelled bookings which mm-hmm. was disappointing and they fear that uh, uncertainty about future lockdowns may continue to impact on them. Yeah. And of course it happened on Valentine's Day as well. <laughs> yeah. So florists who ordered the most flowers they do ever for mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, some of them I guess they, they weren't able to sell, which yeah. is pretty sad. And also for the restaurants who normally, you know, host these massive Valentine's Day couple events, yeah. they had an, were inundated with, you know, brought in heaps and heaps of food and couldn't serve it up, really. They had to resort back to takeaway options. So it was the whole snap lockdown was kind of... It just sort of shook us in our feet, <laughs> like yeah, shook us in did. our shoes. It was really... Yeah, it was just a, such a surprise for five days. So... What are people saying now, like looking ahead, you just touched on with this uncertainty, is that sort of the feeling around the region? I think that um, one person I spoke to in particular and she said something that really resonated with me. She said that everyone thought 2020 is over, let's move on, we're good now. Yeah. (laughs) But now that there was this snap lockdown, there's the fear that it may happen again on more than one occasion. Yeah. So people, I guess... um, are really hoping that the rollout of the vaccine may help in some way prevent these lockdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, what some people think is that the vaccine is going to stop the spread of the virus, mm. but it just lessens the symptoms. The symptoms, yeah. So I think there's still going to be a lot of unprecedented things that happen in 2021, and yeah. I guess we just got to do our best to get through it as best we can and try and stay positive. Yeah, definitely. And that vaccine starts to roll out in the southwest in the coming weeks, so we'll just have to see what happens. Really, yes. wait and see. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've got Brian Allen here, who's a Warrnambool and District Football Netball League guru for The Standard. And with the upcoming season just around the corner, bring us a bit up to speed with with the news from this week. Yeah, so footy and netball season's not too far away, Kim. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're just crossing our fingers and toes that it will go ahead this season. (laughs) Obviously, it was cancelled last season due to the pandemic, so... Uh, yeah, hoping that it goes ahead and um, because uh, restrictions are allowing training at the moment and, and sports to go ahead, 
um, yeah, we're working towards the season. So um, just uh, sort of the latest news for me and the WD finale is I had a chat with Kylie Murphy, the president, this morning, and um, she just gave me an update on the board mm-hmm. and the administrative positions there. So um, there's two new board members. Uh, Marie Condon, she was uh, Pan Ewer's president of recent times and, um, yeah, she's done a fine job in that role and now she's going to bring all her experiences to uh, the WDFNL board. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Damon Harrison, who has um, a background in umpiring, so he's been an umpire. And, um, yeah, so they're going to bring different skills to the table, which will be great in that respect. So there's uh, a board of seven members now. And just to note that they are looking for a junior development officer. So if you believe that you have those sort of s- that sort of skill set or you could help in, in that aspect, then um, you better get in contact with them, I'd say. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, and uh, just, just quickly as well, so for those that may not be aware, um, at the uh, both the Hamden League and um, WD for now, AGMs, um, yeah, it was basically uh, you know, announced that uh, the regional administra- uh, administration centre, the RAC, um, the AFL Western District, that uh, every, you know footy netball lovers would know of. Um, this year, the WD Fennell and HFNL are d- um, being responsible for their own administration rather than the RAC. So that just means that the, over this off season, the um, WD Fennell has uh, got two new administrative staff. Um, so. They are Peter Martin, and he's going to be the WDFNL's football and netball operations coordinator. And we also have Keith Whitford, who will be the WDFNL's football and netball competition coordinator. So they're just going to have a big role in making sure things are running smoothly and um, across both the footy and netball this season. Fantastic. And looking to Maryvale, uh, the club has added nine new recruits and revealed its leadership group. Can you tell me a little bit about this? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I've been ringing around the footy coaches in the past week and um, Merivale is, um, yeah, a team that came, uh, oh, they made a semi-final last time and got knocked out in 2019. Right. So they're um, a top-quality unit and they have, um, they've just announced their leadership group and a new captain, so Jack Gleeson, who's come over from Croyd, but he's a... He was a Tiger originally, so yeah. <laughs> um, strong links to the club. He'll be the new captain. And then they've just got a host of recruits. So um, they include um, the likes of Jaden Brooks. He used to play with South Warrnambool. Um, and there's another fellow, Kirk Downey, that um, coach Josh Sobey's pretty excited about. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're shaping up as a really um, quality team this season. And, um, yeah, Tigers fans should be pretty excited. <laughs> and Russell Creek's president, Jack Mellican, says the new club's logo captures the focus of, of what they're trying to achieve. So so tell me a little bit about the new logo and what he said. Yeah, I think you'd be interested in this one too, Kim. <laughs> so basically, um, this, yeah, we've got the, the logo here <laughs> in front of us and you can check that out on our website. Um, and basically, uh, Russell's Creek has, um, yeah, up until now, had a logo which had the kangaroo symbol. So we all know the North Melbourne kangaroos in the AFL. So they're a blue and white striped team. And then they have, the, obviously, the kangaroo. So Russell's Creek adopted that in the late 80s. 
and now they're um, they're going back to their original logo mm. and also their like original nickname, which has continued somewhat over the years, but that's just Creakers. Right. So yeah, um, yeah. Don't be calling them the Kangaroos anymore. You can just be calling them the Creakers. <laughs> and um, anyway, the logo um, has an F, an N, and a C on it. Um, and this is different to the original logo, say back in the 60s and 70s, because there wasn't an N for netball. Right. So uh, Jack Malikin, the uh, Russell's Creek president, was saying it's really important um, that they include netball on the logo. And I imagine you'd share that feeling. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Get the netballers out there. <laughs> yeah, we know that from a bit of mixed netball yeah. experience <laughs> and, and that sort of thing. But it is a, it's a really good idea um, to um, basically... Uh, have like symbolism is important mm. so to be able to um show like have a symbol for the club that includes each of its different sports is important and yeah as jack was making the point like none of them should be left out everyone should be included in um important things like the club logo mm. and over to pam muir finally what's the latest from the coach chris bantz yeah, so uh, the Bulldogs are also looking pretty good for the season ahead. They made an elimination final in 2019. Mm -hmm. But um, we've also just seen, I think on their Facebook page today, they're going to play a scratch match tonight. So if there's any Bulldogs fans that have caught this in front on, you know, before then, you could head down and, and watch <laughs> the, um, the team have an intra-club um, scratch match. Right. And uh, and anyway, the the Bulldogs have picked up a couple of defenders. So they're um, Liam Lyons, who used to play with North Warrnambool Eagles, and Tate Gardner, who was with South Rovers. So they uh, and I'm told Tate Gardner Gardner's a pretty handy player as well. So uh, he'll be good down back. And that just means that um, there's an, a couple of other players Pamia has already got, mm -hmm. um, and one of those is Jacob Maloney. And uh, yeah, I think he's only in his late teens, but Showed a lot of promise in his first season back in uh, 2019. And, uh, yeah, Chris Bant, the coach, was just saying that he's hopefully can swing Jacob Maloney and others into other positions like up forward because yeah. now they've got two solid backs that they brought in. So yeah, that, that's the latest on the WDFNL. Great, thanks. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to The Standard through our website for all our stories and features. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country, the Gunditjmara people, and the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This has been a Warrnambool Standard production.